Welcome to the Love Lab Podcast, a safe place to get real about sex. Whether you're a man, woman, single, or couple, this is the show for you. We are your hosts, Kevin Anthony and Celine Remy, and we are here to guide you to go from good to amazing in the bedroom and beyond. All right, welcome back to the Love Lab Podcast. This is episode 132, and it's titled 10 Sex Myths Everyone Thinks Are True. So we're going to actually have a lot of fun with this show because we're going to take some common sex myths and we're going to bust them. Bust them. Bust it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, now before we start this, I want to say there are a lot of sex myths out there. So narrowing it down to 10 actually isn't all that easy. But one of the criteria was this. There are a lot of myths out there like you can't get pregnant in a hot tub kind of, you know, nonsense. (laughs) No reasonable adult believes that these things are true. <laughs> so I, we, we did not cover any of those nonsense things. Like there, there was a lot of nonsense out there. We stuck to things that seem plausible, seem reasonable, and that we hear adults say somewhat regularly. Do you think that um, you can get uh, pregnant if you have your period? Is like... It's not a reasonable one to have on the show. I mean, there were so many ridiculous <laughs> ones. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of drawing a blank right now on some of them because they were so bad. I yes. was like, I, I couldn't even read them. Well, technically, <laughs> we are giving you, paying you a compliment because we know our audience is not 17 years old. We know you've evolved and you're going to appreciate some of these myths. But before we dive into the myths, let's give a big shout out to our sponsors, Power and Mastery. So if you want to join the secret club of men who are great in bed, then check out Power and Mastery. It is the most complete sexual mastery training for men, whether you want to have harder erections, last longer in the bedroom, or increase your sexual skills go to powerandmastery.com and you will find something for you. So let's start with our myth number one. And we put it number one as a reason because we hear this one a lot. Here's what goes on. People think that men want sex more than women. That's the first myth we are going to bust. Yeah. So, you know, first we'll talk about, you know, what the studies say. But then I want to hear your own <laughs> personal experience, Celine. Ooh. Oh, my gosh. That's a Stolian <laughs> plan. Like, I'm going to be grilled here on the show. That's right. So, so study-wise, it says about a quarter of women rate sex as very important regardless of their age. Women in the study who highly valued sex shared the following characteristics. They were more highly educated, they were less depressed, and they had experienced better sexual satisfaction before entering midlife. So, you know, to me what this says is you have educated women who are not depressed and are not stressed out. And oh, shockingly, if they're not depressed and they're not stressed and they've had good sexual experiences, they're going to want sex. So... The reason why I kind of took this is because I want to give you the floor to, to speak about this in a minute from a woman's perspective. But this this myth has persisted for so, so long that men are the ones that always want sex and they want sex all the time and women really aren't that interested and they only want sex from time to time. That is complete nonsense. Here's, the, here's really what it comes down to from my point of view. Women are not interested in sex when they don't get the kind of sex that they want. 
But when they get the kind of sex that they want, they want it just as much as men. And they think about it just as much as men. Okay, Miss Celine, <laughs> as, as the show's resident female, <laughs> tell us your thoughts on this. I would say absolutely that as we go through the teenage years and hormone changes, we want to fuck as much as guys do and probably exploring and all of this. Now, depending on the background, whether or not you have a religious background or the type of family that you're in and what you've been taught, uh, these are all different like beliefs and pressure and peer pressure. It doesn't mean that you don't feel the need to fuck. And trust me, teenage woman, girl and, and young women will have the same amount of like, I need to fuck. I went for this. Like, I remember like, I would just like have sex with a guy because I just, had to have it that night like I would just pick somebody for for that purpose and what I do see is that then if we become more stressed out that will take some of our desire away and especially if we have um, stressful jobs families lots of things to take care of people to take care of kids women will tend to prioritize other people sometimes and then maybe put the sex on the back burner but it's only because of the stress if you remove the stress the desire is there I think it's important, too, to distinguish between the desire being there and the action. Mm. And I think that's where a big part of this myth comes from, is that men are probably more likely to try to act on the desire, where women are probably a bit more reserved when it comes to acting on the desire. It's a generality, because I know there's plenty of women that act on the desire. You know, and you rightfully said that you did at times too, but maybe you were less likely than a guy. Well, what I do see sometimes is, you know, like, Oftentimes you're very surprised when I tell you how through the day I felt horny and I thought about having sex with you like three or five times that day and you're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, and I didn't act on it. I mean, because I was doing something else. I may, maybe I was editing a show, doing whatever else. And I was like, it's not the time and place for it. However, I was feeling the sexual desire. And then by the time the evening came, because I spent all my energy on doing other stuff, then I was done and not so motivated anymore. So that's definitely something that I can see happening too. And it's it's a very important distinction that we're bringing here between the desire and the action of itself. And I also think that later on in life, and this is also the study we chose here because that myth is also that as women age, they want sex less. There might be a time where women will feel imbalanced. And we talked about this in our previous show on perimenopause and going through the hormonal changes, how it can affect our libidos. And yes, that could affect us for some years. But for most women, and a lot of them, after they're done through going through their transition, sex becomes better, more interesting. There's no more fear of being pregnant. There's so much liberation. You don't care anymore and you're going for it. And then the transformation to full cougar is complete. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on to the next one because we got 10 that we've got to get through here. Yes. And yeah, okay. Number two is married older people have less sex. It's a meth too. Um, so something that was really cool is in doing the research, we found a study where they started some things and it was in Sweden and they had done some studies in the 70s and then they were... Um, 
comparing to nowadays the data. So that, that was pretty fascinating. And some of the things that they found was that in 1971, only 52% of married men aged 70 and up reported that they were still sexually active. I mean, it's still good. Like half of the people in the 70s were still having sex, like 70 and up. And in more recent research, that figure increased to 68%. That's amazing, you know. And similarly, just 38% of married women over the age of 70 reported being sexually active in 1971, compared to 56% quoted in more recent research. Okay, so we we have to point out one thing here. Yes, I had the (laughs) same fault. You notice those numbers don't exactly add up. (laughs) What this means is there are a bunch of men over 70 who are having sex with women that are not in that age group. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, because I'm like, how is that going to happen? Just to point out the big elephant in the room, (laughs) now that we've got that over with. Um, The other part of this was that older adults are having more sex than you may think. Of all the sexually active older adults, 25% report having sex at least once a week. That's amazing, compared with 10% in the 1970s. Not only that, but at least half of the men and women said their relationships were very happy. I would love to know why there's such a difference between the 70s and today, because honestly, I think people were healthier in the 70s than they are now. Well, they do say that nowadays we tend to live longer and that also um, people tend to their what is labeled sexual dysfunction. So maybe in the 70s, they didn't have the Viagra or they didn't Mm. have certain Mm. uh, things that allow people to have sex that now is easy. Like, I don't know how much they used lube, how much they had hormonal replacement therapy, how much they had Viagra. All of these things actually allow people to have sex for longer, even when their body is not functioning the way it should. Those are very good points. I hadn't <laughs> thought about that. Then again, I hadn't really given it any thought. It just was a question that came up right now in this moment. Like, I wonder why such a difference. But those are actually good points. It's, that's probably has a lot to do with it. So let's talk about our myth number three here. Being good in bed is all about technique. So if you're a man and you've uh, always thought that you needed to learn the triple digit tongue move so that you could really be labeled as good in bed, that's not it. That's not everything. Technique is good, but not what most people report as the thing that makes a lover great. Most report that it is trust, connection, love, presence, attentiveness, and foreplay that starts long before any physical contact. That's pretty amazing because all of these things are not technique. They're skills, they're behaviors that you learn in life. And less than one in five women indicated that sex that lasts a long time made orgasms feel better. Yeah, this is something that we talk about (laughs) all the time on the show. And I mean, no matter who you talk to, if you ask them the right questions, this is the answer that you're going to get, right? So, you know... If you ask them a question, it's like, oh, well, are they, does it feel better if they do such and such a thing? They'll likely say yes. But if you really dive down into it, like, what is it that made, you know, think about the best lover you've ever had in your life and try to explain to us what made them so great. The connection. That's the first thing that came to my mind. It's the connection. It's the intimacy in that connection. It's always the answer that you get. Mm-hmm. So the, and especially for women, 
You know, maybe if you were reversing it the other way and asking the men, it might be slightly different, but especially with the women, because they need to feel that trust. They Mm -hmm. need to feel that safety. They need to feel that connection and that love. That allows them to really surrender into the experience. Mm -hmm. And that is what they often report as having the most amazing sex. In fact, I've been reading a book recently um, by uh, uh, somebody that we know, actually, and one of the things that she was saying is that she, the pattern she noticed um, from the few lovers that she's female ejaculated with was that the thing they all had in common is they made her feel safe enough that she could totally surrender. Right. So the, these are the things and you know, a lot of women would say, wow, you know, like it's generally pretty intense when they female ejaculate. Right. So that means they were really having great sex. <laughs> it's because of those, you know, things that we would kind of call like soft skills, you know, um, and that's all that connection, love, presence, slash attentiveness, foreplay, all that kind of stuff. You know, technique is great because it does make a difference if you know what you're doing, you know, the anatomy, but it's not everything because you might be able to know what you're doing, but not liking it and the person can feel it. Or you might know what you're doing, but not really be present and think about something else. So if you're not there again, it doesn't matter that you're doing the right thing. There's still a component that's missing. And those things are not technique. Yeah. Those things are, I can't really, I mean, they can be t- Taught in a concept, but you still have to really experience that for yourself. Yeah, and you know, if you listened to our episode, uh, How to Make Love Like a Porn Star or Not, the whole reason of the or not is because here's a guy that we interviewed who's had sex with, well, I think it was like five four thousand? or 5,000 yeah. women, and he basically said the same thing, that it's not about technique that makes you so great. It's about paying attention. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's straight from the, the mouth of literally a technique expert. (laughs) (laughs) Porn star. All right. Bring us myth number four, Kevin. All right. Myth number four, sex burns a lot of calories. I kind of wish this one were true. (laughs) 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 But according to a study by the University of Montreal, dudes burn more than 100 calories while women burn 69 calories during sex. Compare this to a half hour light run where findings suggest women burn about 213 calories during a jog, more than double the calories burnt from sexy times. Now, all right, here's the thing. I think you know where I'm going to go with this one. (laughs) When we look at the average times that people have sex and, you know, the average man ejaculates in, you know, three to five, five to seven minutes, give or take, I don't know how much sex they're having, Uh, you know, foreplay-wise before that or maybe after that. But let's just say these numbers are probably skewed by the fact that most people don't have long sex. Mm. However, having said that, as a former personal trainer, (laughs) (laughs) I can tell you that how many calories you burn does have a lot to do with your heart rate and with how much energy, muscular energy it takes to do something. So, you know, if your sex is generally, she just lays there with her legs spread and he just gets on top and, and you pumps. know, and pumps a little <laughs> bit, you're, you're probably not doing as much as you think you're doing. Now, there are some people that have some really acrobatic, vigorous sex. I know there are, there are some times 
there have been one or two times I can recall where like in doggy style where like I was sweating and out of breath and, and I'm, a, I'm a pretty in shape guy, you know, like I do cardio stuff. Like I can get on my mountain bike and still ride circles around people half my age. Right. So I'm doing pretty good. But there, there were some times when I was like, <sighs> you're panting and all. Yeah. <sighs> and I'm out of breath. <laughs> <laughs> so, but if you're so if you're having that kind of sex, then then potentially you are burning more. But in general, the myth is busted because most people, I don't think, really burn that many calories. I don't think you should have sex to burn calories, but you should have sex to reduce your stress because that will indeed reduce your stress and make you feel better and more connected, bring your oxytocin. So there's a lot of other good benefits to sex, uh, but you know, burning calories probably not one of them. Well, you know, I wouldn't say go have sex to burn calories and get in shape but i think getting in shape and burning calories is a fucking awesome side benefit (laughs) (laughs) keep in mind though that double quadruple grande frappuccino mocha whatever thing that's probably like a thousand calories in and of itself (laughs) so think about how long you would have to have sex just to burn that (laughs) one drink one drink that you had let's talk about myth number five Men are more attracted to younger women. Ooh. Uh-huh. Okay. Th- so this I find very interesting also. I'm going to have to go on a little rant on this one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So when I was researching this one, I was trying to find some studies, right? And I did find a study. It said in a major study of human mating done in 1989, evolutionary psychologist David Buss found that in each of the 37 cultures he surveyed, men preferred to marry younger women by an average of 2.66 years, and women preferred older men by an average of 3.42 years. Okay, when you're doing research on this, you're going to get lots of studies like that, where they're going to say, yeah, men absolutely prefer women, because look, look, they preferred a woman that was on average two years younger than they were. Okay, Yeah. here's the thing. Plus or minus about five years means nothing. (laughs) Nothing. It means something when you're 15 and somebody's five years younger. Yeah, that's a big difference. That's like, uh, no, (laughs) right? But when you're an adult and you're older, plus or minus a couple of years is still somebody that's in your age range, right? Especially like... 2.66 3, 2.66 years or even 3.4 like you were both in high school at the same time you grew up in the same decade you had all the same experiences like that to me is basically the same mm-hmm. yes i would agree with that <laughs> so you know in in my opinion i think this myth is busted because when people say men like younger women what what do they really mean do they really mean 2.66 years no that's not actually what mm-hmm. they mean the big fear that women have as they age let's say they get into their you know, 40s, 40s ish, even 50s, is that the men are all going to go date 20 somethings, mm-hmm. right? Or even 30 somethings. You know, they're talking about dating women 20 years or 30 years younger than they are. And that does happen, of course. But the average, the majority of men are not interested in dating somebody that much younger than them. And the statistics show that when you start looking at it, it's like 2.66 years, like whatever, right? And there are actually some stats. I didn't put them in here because I actually found a a breakdown that had tons of stats. And it was showing everything from the fact that even a certain percentage of men, I think it was 13%. No, I think it was 13%. I don't remember, it was 13% or 27%. There were so many numbers in this, <laughs> in this uh, article that I found. But it was of men who prefer older women, 
right? So it's kind of all over the board. And the reason why I say that this myth is completely busted is because most men want to date people relatively close to their own age, relatively, within a few years here or there. And it can be a few years older or even a few years younger. And we've talked about this on two previous shows now. And I'm going to bring it up again one last time for you uh, guys listening, but or actually, I guess maybe it's more for the women listening. But um, I've had multiple conversations with men who say that they literally find that their women become more attractive as they get older. And I can tell you from my own personal experience, I might look at a young woman, you know, someone who's, I mean, at this point, they could be 20 years younger than me and still be in their mid-20s and be fully developed in like women, right, you know? And I can look at them and think, wow, they're beautiful, they're sexy, they're hot. I bet, you know, I would be great to have sex with them. And then, and then, and then I realize that, you know, actually the sex probably isn't very good. They haven't had much experience. They don't even know who they are yet. They don't know what they like yet, right? And, and then there's so much immaturity that comes. Sorry, no offense to the young women listening, but the reality is, is that younger people, whether they're men or women, there's, there's a level of immaturity there that is not sexy to somebody that's older. So when I look at like, who would I actually want to date? I want a sexy, confident mature woman who knows what she wants, knows how to ask for it, like all those things that don't really come in the young package, <laughs> right? So th- that's why I think this, this myth is thoroughly busted. <laughs> if you disagree with me, say so in the comments. Send us a message. Tell me that I'm full of shit. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're curious. All right, let's, give a, let's make a little break for our sponsors on it here before we continue with our myths. So we want to thank on it for sponsoring today's show. And they have this phenomenal product called Alpha Brain. And Alpha Brain is something that helps you to get in the zone. You know, like those days when you've closed a big deal, won the game, made love for hours, checked everything off your to-do list and everything was effortless and it just flowed. That's what being in the zone, in the flow state, is. And Alpha Brain helps you achieve that flow state and supports other aspects of cognitive functions for better memory, focus, and mental processing. So, you know, that way you still feel young in your head, even if your body's a little older which is really all about what matters, right? It's how you feel. And if you want to give Alpha Brain a try, you can save up to 10% off uh, by visiting onnit.com and using our coupon code LOVELAB. And again, it's at onnit, O-N-N-I-T.com using coupon code LOVELAB for 10% off. Okay. Now, the myth everyone has been waiting for. I know you've been the whole time thus far in the show. You've been going, come on, come on. You got to get to it. When is it going to happen? Now is the time. Bigger is better. When it comes to penis size. (laughs) Is that true that a big penis means better sex? Mm. What do you think? I don't think so. I've had, <laughs> I've had big, I've had small, I've had in between, and I don't think so. Now, I think it's also how you use it and many other things. 
Okay, let's go into the, the actual data first, yes. and, then, and then we'll talk about personal experiences. Okay, so bigger is better to a point, because let's face it, it's true that a certain size can feel good. In findings, uh, what they found is that eight inches is the optimal penis size. I find it pretty big, actually, when yeah. it comes to making women orgasm. That's that, what they found. Okay, so I believe this was based on surveys. Correct. And I'm pretty damn sure sure that they were all overestimating the size. But we'll, we'll get to that. I'll let you finish and then we'll talk about yeah, that. Yeah, so... Okay, um, eight inches, all right. That's like you said, this was surveyed by a dating site called Big One. So, you know, that's slightly... Uh, <laughs> it's cute. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But anyway, the same survey showed that climax inducing capabilities drop off dramatically in anything bigger than nine inches. So really, you have an eight to nine inches window? Like, okay. really? <laughs> but before all these guys out there go, oh, Fuck, I'm going to be <laughs> terrible in bed. No woman's ever going to want me. Keep in mind that the average penis size is literally five inches. Yes. Well, five. So, so let's let's look. And, and that the biggest guy, uh, the game, so far the name was uh, Jonah Falcom, and he has a 13.5 inches penis. I mean, can you believe this? Like, whoa, run the other direction. Anyway, skill is just as important as size per the research. So the study found that three inches which is the threshold for a micropenis, aid orgasms in a quarter of women, while more than one in 10 women with one inch still hit the one spot. One in 10 men with a one inch penis Sorry, were still yes. able to hit the spot. Holy moly. Well, that's what I mean. So 25% of women still are satisfied with a three inch penis because I know a lot of guys, we've done several videos of, on penis size and stuff and people are like, well, I have a three inch penis or four inch penis. I always tell them like, Yes, some women will not want that and it won't work. But other women will be perfectly satisfied with that. Our G-spot is not that deep. Like, you reach it with a three-inch penis. As a matter of fact... Um, <laughs> A large number of survey participants deemed girth to be crucial when it comes to experiencing rapture in the sack. Okay, there's a bunch of things that we have to say here. <clears throat> First of all, we did a show on large penises. And we do have some friends that have uh, very large penises. <laughs> and we've talked to them extensively about this. And honestly, their sex lives generally are not as fulfilling as men that have more normal-sized penises. Because... L let's say average. Uh, yeah, sorry, average. they're not normal. That's true, because it's all crosses. Normal comes in all straps and shapes and forms. Thank you for that, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so... But, but yeah, their sex life tends to actually be a bit less fulfilling than men who have average-sized penises because there are some women that are like, whoa, that thing's not coming anywhere near me. There's problems with pain sometimes where women ex experience pain because the penis is too big. Even if they don't experience pain, sometimes men who have uh, exceptionally long penises, they can't actually go all the way in. So you can't literally have that sensation of like the pubic bone grinding up against the clitoris and all these other things. And so having a big penis does not necessarily mean that the sex is going to be going to be good or any better. Mm -hmm. And then the other side of that is, is when you see the data and when you see that women report that even uh, men that technically fall into the category, the, 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 the um, scientific mm -hmm. medical um, definition of micropenis, which is, you know, three inches or less, 
women are still reporting that they're having orgasms. 25% of women are still reporting orgasms. So you just have to find the right 25%, not look for the 75% of others. (laughs) There's always a few size queens out there where size is all... I've known one or two who were like, hey, if it's not X amount, you know, forget it. But remember, average size is five. And 25% of women are even reporting having orgasms with a micro penis. So if you fall anywhere close to that average... At that point, you're basically capable of giving any, not really giving, but a woman is perfectly capable of having an orgasm with that penis. And so remember, it's not about the size of it. It's all how you use it. And all of those other soft skills that we talked about earlier that come in, right? That presence and the trust and the safety and all those other things and the foreplay and all of that, right? Don't worry about it if you don't have an eight-inch penis, you don't, and you're a great lover. That's right. <laughs> did I just say that out loud for the whole world to hear? Yes, you did. <laughs> I love Thank you. Thank you. What is it, seven inches and, and a quarter? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I believe it's about seven I and a quarter. I think if I forgot the quarter, you would be mad at me. Uh, so. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we'll just say seven plus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, seven plus of, of happiness. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> But I mean, the reality is, is think about it. What does the average mean? It means that 50% of the people have a penis smaller than five and 50% have one bigger than five. That's what average means. So yeah, if you're anything around five-ish, you're good to go. Give or take two. (laughs) (laughs) And it really depends on the woman anyway, so... All right, enough of that. Let's talk about our myth number seven. Men think about sex every seven seconds. So you've probably heard that, that guys think about it all the time. You know, what that means is that if men really thought about sex every seven seconds, that would mean about 8,000 times per day. In reality, according to the Ginsey Institute, 54% of men say that they think about sex several times per day and 43% said it was a few times per week. Actually, when they did the count, it came to about an average of 19 times per day, which, which is more reasonable. And another study found that people thought more about food, sleep, personal hygiene, social contact, time off, and even coffee than sex. I wish I had enough free time to think about sex every seven seconds. I really do. But there's just too much to do in life. I mean, honestly, our job is talking about sex and helping people with their sex life. And I still can't think about sex every seven seconds. It's my work. I spend most of the day doing it and I still can't think about it every seven seconds. I'm thinking about posting on social media and editing and why the stupid video recording software is not working today when it used to work yesterday and God knows how many other things that we're dealing with on a regular basis. Seven seconds. Come on now. This is, this is almost as bad as you can't get pregnant in a hot tub. Well, I don't know. I, I think one day I'd like to try to track it and know for sure, but I'm probably more We don't more have a hot about... tub. <laughs> 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 I'm pretty sure I think about sex about 15, 20 times a day. Yeah. Probably less, like on okay. top, you know, but I should track it one day. We should maybe All make right. an episode on that. That'll be a fun experiment. Yes. We'll do it. Let's talk about myth number eight. Women take longer to get aroused than men. 
This is a big one because this is a big year. Like it goes around and around that it takes so long for women to get aroused and men are aroused so quickly. Well, guess what? There is absolutely no difference in how quickly the genders respond to foreplay as a generalization. According to a study out of the McGill University, the researchers relied on thermal imaging to determine peak arousal rather than self-reporting. Ha ha, that's the difference, right? And so being in the mood is linked to stress and is as much psychological as it is physical. Okay, so here's the thing. Women will get aroused just as quickly. If you create the right circumstances and environment, right? And here's the other thing is that one of the things I notice, especially (laughs) with you, is there have been many times when you're like, ah, I'm not really in the mood, right? I'm not aroused anyway. (laughs) Right. And and then I'll feel your vagina and it's wet and open, (laughs) which means you are actually aroused in your physical body. You're just not aroused in your mind. Yeah, and this is really why the study showed that there's no difference because they relied on thermal um, imagery to rather than like self-reporting. So if they were self-reporting, most women would say, I'm not aroused. Well, they are aroused already. They just haven't made the connection. And I know that it's 100% true. Being a woman, uh, and exactly what Kevin said, happens to me all the time. So I've learned over time to not allow my brain to dictate what I'm going to do and check in with my body. And if it feels good, if it's wet, juicy, open, let's go with it. Because then the rest follows. (laughs) Exactly. And, and the first part of what I said is you, you got to create the right environment, right? So if you're doing the things that it takes beforehand, you know, we always talk about intimacy before, during and after. If you're doing all those things before to create that constant state of arousal that we always talk about, she's not going to need a whole lot of time. She's just not. All right, let's move on to myth number nine. Men can't have multiple orgasms. Oh, man, I still hear this one. There's whole books written on this. And this one still is going around, that there's no such thing as a multiple orgasm for men. Let me, okay, let me just say, before Celine chimes in, I'm a man, in case you were wondering. <laughs> <laughs> and I absolutely have multiple orgasms all the time, every time we have sex. Yeah, I mean, keep going. Keep coming. (laughs) (laughs) But no, that's the difference, right? I'm so glad you made that joke. Okay, so the difference is most men associate an ejaculation and an orgasm as being the same thing. They tend to happen at the same time. And so most men, especially older men, it's different for younger, you know, men is kind of hard to even call them men, but (laughs) young men, um, you know, they can ejaculate multiple times. I mean, I can remember being... 17 years old and having sex with my high school girlfriend and, and probably <laughs> orgasming four or five times after school, you know? Every day. <laughs> <laughs> For months. Yeah, I mean, you, you couldn't really last that long and you'd ejaculate, but you'd still be hard. So <laughs> let's keep going, right? You know, and that would happen a bunch of times. That's normal for, you know, young men. But for more mature men, what's more common is they have one orgasm slash ejaculation and then they're kind of done. And that's where the myth comes from that, you know, you can only have one orgasm. But if you learn to separate your orgasm and your ejaculation, then you can have multiple orgasms and then choose whether or not you want to ejaculate. 
So we teach this in our Master Your Ejaculation program. Sexual Mastery. And in Sexual Mastery, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, you absolutely can learn it. There's tons of other people who <laughs> teach it. This is a, one of the huge things that Montauk Chia teaches. That's, he's one of the, the big um, proponents of that. Powerandmastery.com, if you want to learn how to do this, we'll teach you. Uh, actually, in a study, they reported something. Uh, it was, what was that? Researchers William Hartman and Marilyn Fithian said that 12% of men they've studied were reporting multiple orgasms. It's not that many, but it means that it's possible. And again, it's a learned skill, like Kevin said. So if you don't know about it, you probably won't try to do it. Now that you know that it's possible, you can be part of that 12% and make that 12% and become higher. Yeah, you know, 1%, 2% is like there's some really freaky dudes out there. But 12, 12% and if you were to ask, you know, 100% of, of men, like how many of them have heard of this or even tried to do it, you're going to get a very low percentage. Mm. So the reason why it's probably only 12% is because most guys have never even heard of it. That's why uh-huh. we spend so much time talking about it. But now you have. So there's no more excuses. Get <laughs> That's to it. right. Go learn how to do it. Let's talk about our myth number 10. Most women don't watch porn. <laughs> <laughs> and you are so wrong. We are at the time of this episode released, the beginning of 2021. And the latest study we were able to find were 2019. I don't think that 2020 have just come out yet. And anyway, 2020 was kind of weird. So I'm not sure, oh, Matt. Oh, I'm, I guarantee you that number is higher in 2020. Oh my gosh, you're right. With Everyone. worldwide lockdowns for almost an entire year, I guarantee you this number is higher. Oh, I can't wait for that. So in 2019, they saw that the proportion of female visitors, and that's for Pornhub, so it's like the major porn site, like millions, millions, billions, right, of people going there and tons of stuff on there, right? They saw that it grew to 32%. So 32% of visitors going to Pornhub were female. And it was an that's increase. That's a third. Yes, a third. A third of their visitors are female. Apparently, they like to watch a lot of lesbian stuff. <laughs> I'm not surprised <laughs> yeah. by that. No, I'm not either. But <laughs> it's interesting to think that, you know, porn is not just for, for men and that there's also been a lot of new genre out there with more female director and uh, porn actors making their own movies, maybe that are targeting women better, which might work. I, I think... That definitely has something to do with it because I can honestly say from uh, the experience with you know girlfriends that I've had over the years is that none of them ever really objected to watching any porn. Their objection was always that the porn was just terribly made, mm. you know. And I, I remember with a, a girlfriend going back fifteen years ago, she was like, we, "And they are doing this now. We should have probably got in on it back then, but back then." It was typical, you know, old school porn. It was all made for men. It was not very sexy per se. It was just, you know, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am kind of thing. Plumber walks in, drops his pants, go, you know. Um, and she, she used to say, we need to have porn for women, you know, stuff that's more aesthetically pleasing and beautiful and in, incorporates more sensuality and more love and, and that kind of stuff. definitely doing this now. So that might help too. That might be why. But yeah. I also think that a lot of women... 
a lot of people are single. A lot of people want some stimulation or find a connection. And sometimes porn gives them that sense of that or excites them enough because they can't get there on their own. Yeah, or they just need a release. I mean, mm-hmm. when, when we look at things like, you know, the level, the number of people that are single, you know, how many people are on dating sites, I'm, I'm sure there's a correlation here that mm-hmm. that the more single people there are, the more people are having trouble finding, you know, the one or whatever, um, the more porn use there's going to be. I guarantee you there's, there is, um, a correlation. A, yeah. And a, and a causation, not, e- <laughs> not even just a correlation. <laughs> All right, everybody, there you go. Those are our 10 sex myths busted, 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 busted. <laughs> We hope it was entertaining. We actually had a lot of fun doing it. Yeah, and you know, if you if you have what other ones that you want us to talk about and cover, maybe we will do a follow-up episode to this. Let us know in the comments, send us a message, and we would be happy to bust some more sex myths. This like uh, Mythbusters sex edition. <laughs> <laughs> they never did anything like that on the actual Mythbusters, but we can here on the Love Lab podcast. <laughs> All right, everybody, that's all the time we have for this episode, and we'll see you next week. We hope you like this episode of the Love Lab podcast. If you enjoy this show, subscribe, leave us a review, and share it with your friends. And for more free, exclusive content, join us in the Passion Vault at CelineRemy.com forward slash vault. That's C-E-L-I-N-E-R-E-M-Y dot com forward slash vault. Thanks for listening. And remember, you're amazing. <laughs>